everyone. I'm Selena Hill, the Deputy Digital Editor at Black Enterprise. And on this episode of Elevate Black Inc. empowered by Fifth Third Bank, I have the pleasure of speaking to the founder of The Shade Room, Angie Wandu, who single-handedly reinvented the way millennials consume news, in addition to creating the blueprint for celebrity gossip news on social media. And now she's moved into producing digital content series. Angie, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Angie, so with over 23 million followers, your brand has become a staple in urban celebrity culture. However, I read that you sort of stumbled into becoming a new age media mogul. I read that you graduated college on a full scholarship, started working with accountants for a while, and then by 2014, you didn't have a job and you just started posting celebrity news on Instagram. What made you start utilizing social media in this type of way? So it all was like, it, it was all an accident. So, when, you know, my friends, when I had lost my job in January, because I lost my job because I was trying to pursue my writing career. Um, and I, he gave me an ultimatum, my boss, and was like, either you do this or you're fired. And I chose my writing career because that's what I loved. Um, and I was just ready at that time to just pursue my passion, whether I was going to be broke or not. Right. And so um, I was at home. And I didn't have anything. You know, when you at home, I was an employee and I was like, I I, I was at my lowest because I um, applied for a Pinkberry. I remember I applied to work at Pinkberry. That's how damn bad I was. And mind you, I had my degree and everything. And Pinkberry wouldn't hire me. And I think it was because... Oh, no. I think it was because I had my degree and they knew I wasn't serious, but they they wouldn't hire me. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was at home doing um, nothing but consuming media, you know, because that's what I loved. And so I would be consuming media and all my friends were in grad school because that's that was just the obvious next step for a lot of them. And somewhere in my best friend was in law school or no, my best friend was getting her master's. She went to go to law school later. But I would call all my friends up and be like, did you see what happened? You know, like telling them. And I would just be like their entertainer. I would just entertain them. And it was my best friend who just told me, she said, well, if you're going to be doing this all day, why don't you just start like a business? Because you're really good at this, right? And I was like, hmm, that's what had me thinking. I was like, you're right. If I'm just going, I mean, I might as well, I'm going to do it anyway. So I might as well start a business. The problem was I did not know how anything about websites. I was not technologically savvy at all. Um, so, so I actually uh, opened the... I opened Instagram, I started an Instagram, a Facebook, a Twitter, and I did it because I was like, well, let me just do the first step. You know, I was looking at it as like a first step. Like, let me just get the socials first. And then once I opened the socials, I said, well, since I don't know how to do a website, let me start getting the audience first and then I can bring them to the website. So it was like, it, I wasn't trying to do it. It was like, it was like, I was just like, okay, let me do the first steps of what this, you know, I always intended to go on the website. But what happened was the, I did my first post and then I was like, oh, let me do another one. And then I started writing and then I started, you know what I mean? And then people started gravitating towards the page. The first day I got addicted to it. I was like, oh, I just kept doing a po one post, one post, one post over and over hashtags. By the first day I had 350 followers, which was to me, I had a regular Instagram page, so I knew that wasn't normal. You know, mm. to just, 
You know, I, I just knew something was up. I'm like, hmm, okay. And they would tell me, this is interesting. Keep going. You know what I mean? And so it's like I, the next day I would do more and then more and more. But by the end of the first week and a half, I had 10,000 followers because uh, Tammy Roman stumbled upon the page and posted it in her story. And she was like, y'all, it's this new page called The Shade Room. Y'all got to follow it. And, there, and so she sent her follow and then from there it was over. But that but that was how it started. It was, a, it was actually an accident the way that it started, how I had to start it, everything was an accident. And then after, but after that week and a half, I knew I had something and I kept going. So, you know, that's amazing. It's like a unicorn almost. Is it true that you guys had about 500,000 followers within six months? It just yes. grew like that? It, it, you know why it grew so fast? Because at the time, there was nothing like it. So you had, at the time, um, the websites were trying to figure out their relationship to social media. Because think about it. When the last time you went to news? Exactly. You you just see it on social media. But at that time, uh, websites were getting lower traffic and social media was here. And so people were like, they were trying to figure out what the relationship was. And it grew fast because we were we were publishing directly to Instagram, which nobody did because they never, they didn't see it as profitable. Like, why would you, why would you publish directly on a platform that's not yours, you know? And so we did it and everybody was already on Instagram. Instagram was already popping. And now while you're looking at your friend's post, you get news. So it was just a new, it it disrupted the model. And so people were gravitating towards it really fast because it was just something new, quick, short news. Um, It was entertaining, um, you know, creative and everything. And so that's kind of how it grew so fast. It was genius and innovative. And I know you spoke about being profitable. How and when did you start to monetize the shade room? Again, so here's the thing. Everything when it came to the shade room was like by chance. I, I, it, it was like, I had not made money for eight months on the shade room, right? From the shade room. I was living off of gr- a grant that I got from Sundance, which was $5,000. And my co-writer gave me $2,500 later. You know what I mean? So it was a total of $7,500. I was living off of for like eight months. You know what I mean? And it got down to the nitty gritty where I was... I had $10 for food for the whole week. I had to figure that out. And I, and I did it well. Uh, top ramen. <laughs> was, I was on the top ramen night. Uh, okay. And so, um, you know, it got to the point where I wasn't going to be able to pay my rent anymore. And I remember my uh, landlord, well, you know, like the, the manager of the apartments or whatever, she, I had already been late on my rent. But, you know, so I was like, okay, let me write her a check. Right. Because I was like, if I write them a check, that gives me a little bit more time to figure out how I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? So I wrote her a check on the I was I think I think it was the last day of my grace period. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was like, God, if you make it, if you make something happen today before they cash that check, it's over. So um, I was like, okay, so. I think I was talking to one of my cousins. I was talking to somebody on the phone and they were like, well, don't you have an audience? And I was like, you're right. I do have an audience. Let me figure out how to monetize this audience. And so that um, day when I sent her the check, I said, let me put a post up. Cause I saw the Instagram models doing it. So I said, let me put a post up saying that I do ads and see what that does. So I put the post up and I said, I'm charging $75 for ads. If you want to add, hit me up, like at this email. When I tell you businesses were like, oh, we've been wanting this, we've been wanting to figure out when you were going to do ads. 
that day I had to use my sister's PayPal account. She reminded me of this story or whatever. I was like, I need a PayPal account. You know what I mean? Like, so I had to use hers. And um, that day I made my rent. Mm. And from there, I was able to start monetizing the platform, right? And so um, I had the money in the bank by the time that they cashed the check. And I was like, woo, that was, I was saved by the bell. But I, that, that was how I started to monetize, learning how to, that was actually the first and last time I ever said that I was doing ads on the shade room. After that, I didn't have to say nothing anymore. People would just keep, you know, they were- Contacting they would you. Yeah, they would, they would contact me. And so it grew from there, yeah. That's amazing. Not only did that grow, but your community grew. And I feel like that's something else that the Shade Room has been really innovative in in developing a digital community. We all know the roommates. Was that happenstance too? And and how did you continue to build that relationship with the roommates and with this audience? That wasn't happenstance. That part was strategic because it wasn't like I knew that they would be who they, what they are now. I, I you know, cause like I said, when I started this, I thought it was going to be um, a side hustle. I just didn't know. I just, honestly, to be real, I didn't think it was going to be anything like it is. I just thought it was going to be a side hustle to help me until I got my writing off, you know, take to my writing took off or whatever. Um, but what happened was the 350 people, those 350 people that were following me from day one became so loyal to me that they would literally be my cheerleaders. And they gave me a lot of ideas. So for instance, um, they would be like, you know, one, I actually got the name of the roommates from one of them. They were like, oh, we're always in the shade room. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. in you should name us like, you know, Ree, Ree has her Navy. You know what I mean? So you should name us. And she, the girl said, you should name us the roommates. And I said, oh, that's dope. You know, that's a good name. So it, it came from them. What I did do, though, was I talked to them. So they would they would keep they would encourage me and lift me up. And I would literally be talking to them in the DMs and they would be like, OK, this is good. Keep going. Keep going. You really got something like there will be people like, did you get your trademark? Like, you know what I mean? Like it was the it was them. And so I developed a very good relationship with them. And because I, I got used to talking to them, I kept it the same way. If you DM the shade room today, you're going to get a heart. You're going to get some type of response. And we kept it like that, even though we have 23 million followers now. And it's like crazy insane. But we kept it like that because that's what started the brand and, and started this community was talking to them. And so they felt a sense of loyalty. And then once we named them the shade room, once I was like, OK, fine. I mean, once I named them the roommates, they it just went out of control because they they felt empowered now like mm -hmm. you know, it's like it's like the barbs Nicki minaj when she made if they didn't have a name they wouldn't be that powerful but she gave them a name the barbs and now that they're able to assemble and all that type of stuff and that's the same thing that it was and that was very innovative for a website because usually websites don't have like a named fan base but um we did that and they began to not, I think what that did was it made them relate to each other. Like they could, they identify with each other, like we're roommates, you know? And so that's what really created the community. You know? Oh yeah, no, for, for sure. And you know, before the shade room, there was sites like media takeout back in the day, world star concrete loop, et cetera. These were the sites that were pretty much infamous for covering black celebrity news and gossip. However, you know, 2021, those sites don't have the same power if they even still exist. What has been sort of like your secret sauce to making sure the shade room remains relevant and continues to grow? 
You know, I think that with media takeout, they were extremely powerful. They're still they're still around and they still do have a big um, audience. It's like more international. But I think with media takeout, what I did not like about it and what I wanted to do different was it. I felt like they when you play with your repu- your reputation and your ability to be reputable, you won't have a long you won't have a longevity. You know what I'm saying? Because if people can't trust the news that they're getting from you, then um, you're not going to last long. Right. And so that I was a consumer of media takeout. Right. And so I knew what it was like to hear them say that Rihanna's pregnant and then two weeks later being pregnant. And then they say Beyonce pregnant. And then you know what I mean? Like you like, okay, the you don't even want to listen to it no more. Right. And so because if it ain't real, what's the point? So when it came to this brand, one thing that I said was we need to be reputable. People, mm. need, if we post something, people need to be able to believe it and trust the news that's coming from this platform. And so early on, that was like the standard that I held. And that's the standard that we still hold today to the point where some people like when DMX passed, right? A lot of people were like, you know, people were saying he passed before he did. And there were people in the DMs like, listen, Shay Room, if y'all don't post it, we don't believe it. You know, we don't believe it happened. You know what I mean? Because we know that you guys are going to do the work to make sure that what you're posting is true to your best of, to best ability. No site, I think, has a 100% track record. But for the most part, we make sure that we're reputable. So that was one thing that I felt was important. The second thing that I felt was important, and mind you, we've only been out for seven years, so it hasn't been like 20 years or anything like that. But the second thing that was important was to diversify the news. When we started, it was more salacious news, just strictly celebrity gossip. And I felt like over time, like I said, I listened to the fan base, we talk. So they'll say, y'all need to start, like they'll send us, uh, they will send us important news and be like, can y'all post that? And then, you know, at one point I was like, why are y'all coming to us to post, you know, why are you thinking like we're a celebrity site, but they're like, well, you have an audience and you have influence, can you post this, right? And so I was like, you know what, you're right. And so we began to diversify to start posting politics and to start posting, um, you know, all kinds of things. And we've had Obama step in and we, Joe Biden did an interview, you know what I mean? And so Kamala Harris stepped in, everybody. And so it was the fact that we diversified our news to to capture the actual essence of the audience, the people who are, are uh, you know, consuming this news. They're not one dimensional. You get what I'm saying? And so I don't, that's another thing I don't think like those sites did in the sense that they stayed in their lane. And I feel like we stepped out of our lane. We went into morning inspiration and you know what I mean? We, 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 we do global international news. You know what I mean? There's nothing we don't talk about on the shade room. We talk about everything, tech, science, whatever. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that branching out in the coverage of multiple lanes is what also added value to the platform to where people are like, I can come here for my celeb news, but also I can come here for all news. You know, if I want to see the results of the election, <laughs> they know we're going to shut it down. You know, if I want to see what happened to Jerick Chauvin, they know we're going to shut it down. You know, whatever they need to know, they know we're going to give it to them. And so I think that that is what helped us with the longevity. Yeah. No, it is definitely a one-stop shop for <laughs> all the news pertaining to Black people, Black culture, uh, young everything, everything that's going on, you can get it in one place, which is why I think obviously the Shade Room has been so successful because before this, I think a lot of micro sites and blogs were like focusing on one thing or like a niche, but you guys came in and just like dominated it all. You guys- you, you said something that I got to speak on. You said for black culture. And I think that that's super important because I feel like 
during my journey, everybody, I can't tell you how many times I got the advice. You need to branch out, start doing, do, uh, start doing Hispanic news, start doing this is news, start doing white people news, because this is what um, is going to make you bigger. Right. And I always said no, because in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm focusing on black news, period, black culture. That's it. And we're very very for real about that. Like we don't play, we, we don't shy away from it. Like we like, okay, black people, like we talk directly to the black people, that's it. You know what I mean? And so what had hap what happened was there were so many people that loved black culture that because we didn't deviate from black culture, we actually got a more diverse audience because black culture is pop culture. It's popping. You know what I mean? It's funny. It's amazing. You know what I mean? So, so actually sticking to black culture and staying in that lane and continuing to serve and focus on that audience has helped us grow, you know, so. Staying true to yourself. Yes. Wow. I had no idea that, you know, other people were in your ear trying to tell you to go quote unquote mainstream. That's what they call it. To this day, they're like, don't you know, if you capture the white audience, it'll get big. I'm like, the white audience want to know what the black people are doing. That's the truth. Exactly. That's the truth. So it is. Like, uh, that's what I learned. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. So besides posting things for the culture, the shade room is also pretty much known for posting the juicy stuff, spilling the tea, uh, you know, talking about everything. What do you say to some folks who say, you know, it can be almost harmful in a way because some of the stuff is gossip or some of the stuff does feel negative? What do you say to people who say things like that? Yeah, I think that one thing is we post, if you really want to get technical, we post very little gossip. Because usually what you see on the shade room is things that are actually happening, what the celebrity actually said, what's going on, what they, you know, if they beefing, they beefing, this is what's happening. Um, but I will say that I don't think it's our responsibility to, to paint Black culture as only positive because that's not a true narrative. You get what I'm saying? Like black culture is not only positive. There are some negative aspects of black culture. There's some problematic aspects of black culture. Um, and I think that we try to show, we're like a reflection of black culture. You get what I'm saying? So we do, we do the TSR daddy duties. We do the mommy duties. We do the black excellence. We do so much that is positive, but we also show the beefs and the things like that. But you know what I noticed on the shade room I think it all is productive. The reason why I say it's productive is because, let me give you an example, right? There was uh, one week, and this is an old conversation, but I just want to give you an example of this. There was one week where everybody was going back and forth over Birkins. Everybody, right? Everybody was like, why, you know, I got this Birkin, I got this Birkin. So the, that's how the conversation started. Then it transitioned into, why are, why are we as Black people um, hyping Birkins when there are black owned brands that you know what I mean we should be looking at right and so that became the, the conversation the next week and then the conversation ended with we don't care about Birkins where's the black owned um, brands we ended up posting brand we, we posted a, um, a, a a creative about all the black owned brands Brandon um, uh, NYC you, you, I don't know if you guys know Brandon Blackwood or whatever and all of these different um, well known brands and I can't even get a Brandon Blackwood brand uh, uh, purse no more he sold out all like he is so out you would think wow. he's Gucci you would think he's Gucci you get what I'm saying and so you and and the the amount of people who started to support black owned bags right mm -hmm. 
Yes, I mean, literally, a lot of companies from that conversation were able to elevate to an even higher level. And the community elevated in consciousness because you did have uh, TI and just other people saying, well, why are we so, why do we keep giving so much heat to these brands that are not even black owned? They don't do anything for the community. You know, um, there's, I feel like, you know, uh, the, the rap girlies conversation that is on the shade room, you know what I mean? Oh, this is this. They, they may be arguing about who they like and who they don't like, who write their raps or whatever, who don't. But at the end of it, the, the consensus was, we want better lyrics. We don't care about just the, you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. this, this, and that. We want, this, we want to go back to real rap. You get what I'm saying? So for me, I feel like as long as you're having a conversation and the conversation is open and people are in the comments debating and, 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 and coming to, you know, you're raising consciousness. You know what I mean? Like, it's, to me, I feel like the shade room is, is meant to have, to create conversations. And those conversations are constructive in the end, you know, very... Mm-hmm and very um, powerful and so I would say um, you know there is a, a, a constructive element to everything that we're that we're doing right and you're the conversation starter uh, well another conversation that sometimes happens is sometimes a shade room goes back and forth with celebrities how do you deal with the celebrities who have called you guys out and said you know don't post us but then every time I see that happen they tag you and they, they use your name. And I'm like, they're only giving more, you know, more, only giving more, giving you more press and publicity because people are going to go look up the shade room now. But how do you deal with that when you have these celebrities, you know, the, the celebrity beefs? How did, how do you deal with that? You know, in the beginning, I'm going to be real with you. When it, when it first started happening, because I, I don't, of course, Cardi B was one of the major ones, right? And, um, you know, and they don't come for, see, the thing is, I don't, I have to take responsibility because it's right. my problem, right? So, but I don't actually write the individual posts. So I may be just chilling, eating lunch, and then all of a sudden I'm getting dragged on the page with 40 million followers and I, it's my picture, you know, whatever. Um, but in the beginning, I used to be sensitive about that because I used to be like, well, why are they coming for us? Like, if you really think about it, the shade room is so much nicer than where celebrity news used to be prior to, right? Because you used to get caught the B word in the headline. You, you, the people used to get dragged. They used to zoom. I don't know if y'all remember, people used to zoom in on people's toes, Photoshop pictures, call them. I mean, it was all type of stuff going on. And the shade room came. And if you think, look at the way our headlines is just the way we report news is a lot. So it's way more like, you know what I mean, kinder than what it used to be. But also I think that, um, you know, I used to hold, like I I really used to take offense to it. Now, after years of doing this, I don't take any offense to it. I see it as a regular part of business because at the end of the day, nobody who is it's a page with 23 million followers and the roommates are extremely opinionated brutally honest okay they say what they got to say in the comments and so i'm i always think of it like well if you were one if you were a celebrity and you were being posted on a page that is this loud with um all of these opinionated roommates sometimes it's twenty thousand comments what would you do and I guarantee you, I will be posting the owner on my page and dragging them for filth. You know what I mean? Because your your career is attached to this, your image is attached to this, and a lot of people sometimes when they go through things in the media, they feel like their world is over, like their career is over, or like they'll they'll never be able to come back from this. And so the way that I see it now is like, okay, this person is feeling some type of way, and it's not that they don't have a right to feel that way. This is their image and their brand that is on the table. Of, 
and is the topic of discussion. So now I just see it as a, you know, business, but like I'm, a lot of times they'll be mad and then we'll be able to come back around and have a conversation. Like for instance, Cardi B, she was angry and then we were able to talk about it and they were able to see both sides. Cause they, they have to see my side too, which is that we're in a business of media and you are, you are a celebrity, you are public and, if you do do something that is trending or that a lot of people want to talk about, we, we got to report it. You know what I mean? So it's like, usually we end up coming to a medium because when they hear my side and when I hear their side, we're able to kind of understand each other a little bit better. But I don't So all it. things are cool with Cardi because back in the day, Cardi was calling y'all out. And it looked like you guys weren't allowed to post her. It wasn't that we weren't allowed. Because obviously, you know, there's no law or anything that says okay. Post Cardi, I mean, she could. A lot of people thought we were like get on, on a gag order or something. You know what I mean? But we could have did what we wanted to do. I think that for me, I recognize that this is a platform where if we continue to post someone, we're actually giving them a lot of steam. We're helping you with your record sales. We're helping you with publicity. We're keeping you at the forefront of our roommates you know, minds, because it's a lot of them, right? And so I said, well, if you don't want all that press, that's fine, we'll we'll take it away, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so not this is not even about Cardi, I'm just saying a lot of other um, celebrities, because I don't know what her motivation was for, you know, wanting to be okay with men in this relationship, but I will say that a lot of other celebrities, when they it is taken away, they're like, oh, Okay, that did help sales. You know what I mean? That did keep you know, you know, shave them. Let's work it out. Like that's really what usually happens. So we we took that and we were like, okay, well, you don't want our you don't want our press. You don't want us because because we're not gonna just post when you're doing wrong. We're also gonna post when your single drops. We're gonna post when your video comes out. We're gonna post when you come out with a new product. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, that's that's that. <laughs> I gotcha. So you know, speaking of uh, the shave room and posting you guys have gone beyond the post you have two new series on facebook watch you got the shady brunch you have thick house which is a plus size modeling competition so you know it started on instagram but now it is expanding can you speak briefly on the the new the new things you have going on at the shade room these new ventures and basically the future of your brand yeah but i'm gonna speak honestly on it and i think it's really important for me to always be honest about where I am in the journey because just the other day I was like in tears I will not lie to you I was in tears and it was because um I started the shade room from a place of you know I didn't care if it was salacious and stuff like that and so um now that I, I'm more aware, I'm older, you know what I mean? I, I, I know what the influence is we have a big platform when it comes to programming that we create I want it to be more positive I, I can't do like for instance I could go into doing where they throwing drinks and they fight in and they doing all of that type of stuff eat very easily you I mean like what's stopping me except for the fact that I don't want to do it right and so when we're coming out with like shows like the Shady Brunch which is like a you know it's a family friendly nice show you know super that cute and then you have Thick House where everybody's like, where's the drama? It's not going to be no fighting. What you're going to see is a lot of women lifting each other up on that show, you know? And to me, I felt like it was entertaining, but you're not going to get the hair pulling the fight and the craziness that you get that makes TV so interesting for a lot of people. And so I remember I was talking to a friend of mine who actually has a network like a streaming company, right? Uh, or uh, I mean, would you call it? Yeah, it's a streaming company. Um, and a lot of their content is 
fighting, you know what I mean? Like just, just the most, you know, naked, everything, you know what I mean? Like everything. And I was talking to them, I'm like, you know, I would really like to go into production. Like this is a dream of mine because I, you know, I was a writer before this, you know, I have a movie with Universal that I'm working on right now, Universal Pictures. So I'm like, yeah, I, I want to merge my passions with the Shade Room. Hopefully, you know, it's a black audience and black people need more programming. And what I was told was like, you can't have, well, this is what the advice that was given to me was that you can't have a streaming platform or get into production and be profitable as an SVOD unless you do that type of content because that's what people want to pay for. They want to pay for the salacious content. They want to, you, he was like, look at, your, look at your platform. You know what, what sells. And so I was like breaking down the other day because I was like, so I was like, so, you know, if I can't do, if I can't elevate, right? If I can't, if I can't do programming that's cleaner and that doesn't have all that, then I just can't do it no more because I'm a different person now. And so I felt like my dream was like falling. You know what I mean? Like I felt like my dream of, of, of production for the shade room, like just hang it up quick, flat screen, hang it up flat screen. You know what I mean? Like it's over for you. Um, nobody's going to pay for this content, you know? And that's where I'm at right now. I ain't gonna lie, that was a couple of days ago, you know? And so I'm pushing through. Um, Thick House did do well. The It got, one, it got over 1.5 million views and we did get a lot of people saying, we love this. A lot of people were like, this is a breath of fresh air. Like, it's not, you know, all that drama. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's black women supporting each other and being in just, you know, in, in healthy competition. And so um, I do feel a little bit better, but I will just say that that's where I'm at. If I'm being honest with you, that's, that just happened a couple of days ago. So. I appreciate, we all appreciate your, your honesty, Angie. So you're basically saying that the shade room is evolving as you evolve as a person, right? Mm -hmm. And I do feel like back in the day, like you said, those type of salacious headlines and the scandals and the things that kind of put people down was cool. But I think we all sort of moved and progressed in society where we, we want to see things that are positive and, and uplifting one another in the culture. Do you think that your audience will continue to support you as you are sort of navigating into a different type of content? Um, they, they have been so like, they appreciate it. I do believe if we stayed salacious, like we were in the beginning, we wouldn't be here anymore. I'm being honest with you. Cause like you said, the people are like, I don't want to see that same stuff that I used to see. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't want to, I do want more positive headlines. I don't, honestly, the roommates, if we were to post something super, super bad, like for instance, let me give you an example. Um, I'll say like a couple years ago, we posted, one of the writers uh, uh, posted an article about somebody, uh, it was like tax information, no, not tax, like bankruptcy, right? It was about bankruptcy. The roommates were like, oh no, we don't want to see that. That's too, they were like, nah, that's not something we want to see here. Like, it just was too low for them. Mm. We took it out. We don't do bankruptcies anymore. You get what I'm saying? But that that was, you know, our audience literally is rising in consciousness. They don't want to see, they don't want it to get too bad. You know what I mean? And so hopefully I'm thinking that that will be the same thing for programming, that eventually they'll be like, I don't actually want to see the drink throwing anymore. I don't want to see the hair pulling and fighting and 
you know, all that. Hopefully that, that will happen. But I'm in a place where I just don't know. And I think that it's so important for business owners, especially people who are perceived as successful, to sometimes say, I'm in a place where there's a lot of doubt, there's a lot of fear, and I don't know. That's, that's where I'm at right now. There's doubt, there's fear. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I wake up and I'm calling my sister like, I just want to quit. Like, I just want to be done. I told my sister, I want to take the money, go to go to um, Zimbabwe and live in a tent and just be done. You get what I'm saying? Because I, I, I want to live in a tent. I want to go somewhere far where nobody can find me. You know, I ain't got to worry about my phone and I could just live a natural life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because, you know, um, sometimes the responsibility of having to figure things out or know everything gets so hard sometimes and it doesn't stop just because you found some success it could even get worse because now you have employees and a whole audience if we if we were to fail the whole world was would know you know what I mean like like you just told me what happened to me you take on a concrete loop and that, that, that you know what I mean that's what happened be honest with you um I do believe and that's what makes me wake up every morning and just keep trying you know what I mean one thing about me is I'm persistent so even if I am scared I'm gonna wake up and keep going until it's absolutely you know what I mean until you know it happens right and so that's where I'm at right now I'm like look I have a dream. I want us to be go more into news. I feel like Black people need more access. When you think about like the Mike Browns and the Kendrick Johnsons and all these types of things, we do need a platform that's going to blow this up. Like, why is it that when those things happen, the only people that have access to it are the white media, traditional white media companies? They're the only ones in the courtrooms. They're the only one. You know what I mean? Like, like what? You know, we need to have a a, a a black site that has that type of access, and that's what we've been working on. But that's such a huge dream. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, it's so big, and it scares me, and I feel vulnerable at times, and that's just you know what it is like well i'm so here for it to hear you say that you guys are navigating more so into the hard news space to give people the news on you know whether it's social justice and the activism and what's going on in with criminal you know the criminal justice system and these shootings yes yes and yes <laughs> I, i'm really excited to hear that and to see where the shade room will continue to go uh, we see it growing uh you have so much support so i would just say keep doing what you're doing thank you thank you i definitely will so thank you so much for that. <laughs> you got it thank you so much <laughs>